afternoon. I am here with Ed Goslin, my stepbrother of a mere 43 years. I had to stop and do that math. Step sounds a little nebulous, having uh, everything that we've gone through. But we've, uh, we're lucky. We're best of friends. Uh, we've looked after parents, uh, siblings, everything else. And uh, this is a subject we probably haven't spent a lot of time on. It, it only took us 43 years to get around to it. But the subject really being that this podcast series is about helping people with a loss in their life. And I lost my dad at eight. Ed lost his mom at, was it 13? 14. 14. Really in a joyful occasion that my mom, Carol, and Ed's uh, dad, Jack, were married in 1975? Six. Six. So it really uh, worked out well for them and all of us that were lucky. But uh, we both did suffer some major losses in our life, and we thought we'd spend a few minutes talking about that. So, Eddie, maybe just describe those first couple of years. It wasn't easy. That uh, What was it like? How, how empty did you feel? It's interesting after, so my mom died on a Tuesday, and everybody goes home Thursday or Friday. Yeah. Was an empty house because there's no siblings there. They all, you know, Marilee and Sissy were living afar. I'm not sure if Jimmy was home or not. Well, even if he was, he wasn't there. <laughs> but so that, I mean, that was interesting. But the uh, fortunately, I had a group of really good friends along with their families, particularly their mothers, who saw this coming. I think yeah. mom got cancer when she when I was ten. And over those four years, well, she went into remission, but when it came back, I mean, she she was in the hospital a lot. Yeah. And families, you know, the Thayers, the Browns, the McLaughlins, the Roots, and the, the mothers, Anna Mae, Patsy, Barb, Betty, I mean, they just couldn't have been nicer to me. And it, it's interesting, Jack and I never really talked about it. And that's what, you know, let's move on. We yeah. talked about it 20 years later. Yeah, which was great, you know. But so I didn't know what he was going through, and I couldn't appreciate it at fifteen, sixteen, or uh, and I'm not sure. You know, I think he was just trying to get by. I mean, yeah, you know, being handicapped, one being fifty-two years old, and wondering what's my next thirty years look like. Yeah, it it was interesting uh, a couple of years with him, just because we both didn't know how to cook, and we yeah. hired Dora. Doran should come over at night and yeah. be in her country club uniform serving us dinner. And if a buddy came over, it was a little awkward. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> sitting, sitting at the dining room table. But I was, uh, you know, I went to an all boys Catholic school and some of the priests there were conscious of this also. And so I did have outlets, but I didn't know how to use those outlets necessarily. So, you know, I really hunkered down with these these families and they were they were exceptional. Uh, yeah. I, I took advantage of it a little bit, you know, going in the receiving line, you know, like Chris Antone goes, if there's anything I can do, you know, let me know. Well, two weeks later, I call, will you go out with me? <laughs> you know, <she's> to... <laughs> uh, that was one day uh, and that was it. 
but it was a, it, it was a confusing time I think, as I reflect back on it. I remember because we were getting close to going to college, I just wanted to get out of there. Yeah. You know, for various reasons. That's, you know, that's yeah. right after Jack and Carol got married, too. And Dad was having his problems, as you were well aware of, too. Yeah. But it was just because we never talked about, Mom never talked about dying. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and Jack didn't want, you know, let's move on. We're gospel, you know, the positive mental attitude. So we never, it was about moving on. And, yeah. uh, and again, fortunately for me, I had these friends and their families that helped me do that to some extent. Yeah, it sounds like a very 1960s, 70s approach. Don't, don't discuss, just move on. Exactly. No, and I think you're right. I think that's that part of that generation, particularly the father side, where I think... Yeah. I think the mother, and you probably experienced, she's more the protector. Right. And that's why, yes. why my mom didn't talk about dying or leaving me. Yeah, yeah. So do you feel like there was a real low point that you remember, or was just kind of gutting it out? Actually, I would say the low point was about a month before she died. Oh. When I, huh. when I, when I found out she was going to die. Oh, boy. Yeah. We never, and it was not a direct conversation. Yeah. She was failing very quickly, and uh, Marilyn and Sissy were home talking with Dan. They got in an argument, you know, it came up that she was going to die. And, oh, boy. Yeah, that she had six or eight weeks to live or whatever. I would say that night I probably grieved more than I grieved before. And then that's what's good about this conversation. I never really thought about this. I was making notes about it and trying to reflect on this. Yeah. But, yeah, well, let me ask you an odd question. Was that a good thing or a bad thing you saw it coming? I think it was good because I got it. So I went to school on a Tuesday. I recall, and this could easily be fantasy, that mom, though she was very weak and, you know, had lost all her hair and all that. She yeah. was out and that, you know, she was out to see me off to, you know, school or carpool. And um, two hours later, I got called out of class, and Jackson picked me up, and oh, you just wow. knew, and you just knew it. And yeah. we didn't even talk in the car. But I think if I didn't know that was coming, I think yeah. So I think yeah. it was probably, uh, you know, I think you know, reflecting on it, you know, who knows what I would do in the same situation. But I think I would, you know, talk this through. You know, and you still can be positive, but have the conversation. Yeah, well, it's a different era, and Jack was such a positive guy. You know, it just he, he didn't know how to process it. No, I, I think you're right. And finally, and it hit him. I think you know, six or eight months later. Yeah, so, I mean, right. Yeah, yeah. So, at what point did you feel like there was hope that you know that the gray cloud had start to dissipate? You know, I would say overall, and though this. It was only 18, you know, what, 18 months later that Jack and Carol got married. And that was obviously for you, I, and Liz, you know, we saw something, you know, you wish you didn't necessarily go through, but you did see some happiness. You did see a yeah. future. Yeah. And, and that wedding was somewhat of, you know, as crazy, crazy as we were there a little bit, but it was a celebration. It was looking forward yeah. to that and having a Christmas with people around because the, uh, I don't even know what we did our first two Christmases after mom died. I mean, I, 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 could, I, could, I can't tell you, but 
to Carol's credit, I mean, she loved family and knew how to do all that. Yeah. And I think there was safety for me in that. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and just having that people together and a yeah. sense of family and even with their troubles, but you saw their commitment. Yeah. To the uh, yeah. Then, yeah. So, I mean, it took a while. Processing my, my mom's death, you know, I think I, I went on this uh, a retreat. I went to Catholic school and they did this thing uh, your junior and senior year or senior year. I did both. And it, it was a place to bet about it. I can't necessarily tell you what I remember I said or anything like that, but it was, it did allow for some discussion with dad about it and what we went through and him sharing what he went through. But then, yeah, to get through all that, it was about 20 years later. But I, I think the hope came when, you know, you saw dad doing a bit better, you know, yeah. particularly got through some of his stuff, but just, you know, just that getting together for holidays, uh, yeah. cheering at graduation. It, it was, it was just good. It just, it felt good. Well, I think that's encouraging to other people that, that there's power in seeing other people happy and. Yeah. Uh, for what you all went through. I know. I, th- I think you're right. I, th- I think you're right. There is. Yeah. And to be around those friends and yeah, probably similar to your dad's friends who took you under his wing. Yeah. That you see a future. Yeah. Talk a little more about your, uh, you know, those moms were so great to you, but uh, all those guys, what sort of, aside from drinking beer and chasing <laughs> girls, what, uh, did they play any role in terms of filling that void to an extent? You know, I think they, I think they became protectors of me a little bit. Uh-huh. Rick yep. and Brown, the two big guys. <laughs> uh, I remember when both Rick and Brownie, because they were the big football players and they got injured, they both said they gave up the pain for my mom. Wow. At, you know, 16, 17 years old. So, yeah, they, as teen, we're, we were as teenagers as you could, no different than you guys up in Hinsdale. They became somewhat protectors. They always welcomed me to their house. I always had an extra bed, and that wasn't coming just from their mom or their dad. It was coming from them. And, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, Maybe talk about who played a role in kind of helping you that it might have not been obvious that it, it just somebody – Anybody out of left field or somebody, you know, a teacher or a priest or, I don't know, somebody that was around the house, anybody? Yeah, that, um, I'm not, yeah you may have met him, uh, Father Kevin McLaughlin. Uh-huh, yeah. He was um, always there. He always had a sense. Yeah, but I guess he, he but you're right, he was always there. Uh, because I just think, you know, all of a sudden, the Fays, who were, even though they were my godparents, I wasn't engaged with them a lot. But, man, they were they were there. I'll never forget one day, Dad and I had an issue. I, literally, I just left school, went down the Y, and was playing basketball. And who shows up? You know, the smartest kid at school, Kevin McLaughlin. And he knew, he, for some reason, he sensed that's where I went. But from somebody just out of the blue, that guy, I can't, I... I I don't know if I would have accepted it because my comfort zone. Right. These people I know. So that's, you know, when I think about it, I think about the, where I was. I'm not sure if I would have allowed it. Yeah. Well, you know what? To follow up on that, this group of your dad's friends, was anybody particularly good or particularly bad? And, you know, you might answer in context of 
helping people, you know, just on how to approach that kid who just lost their parent. You know, it's tougher. Who was exceptionally good was Jim Fay. When he passed away, I wrote Peggy and said, I've never had a hug like I've had from him. Mm. <laughs> and just, you know, he just knew it. He'd look in your eye. You know, a few of my dad's other friends were, I just didn't know as well. R.T. Welcho, uh, who <laughs> was a real character. He was good. He cared, but he talked a mile a minute and he'd go right beyond it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Thinking yeah. it through. But boy, Jim, Jim Fay was, he, he was an all star. He, yeah. He, he just knew it. And for the next, let's see, he passed away uh, probably 15 years ago now. So, but throughout my life after that, he was just, every time I saw him, he was, he was right, right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, he put his, and, and his, his sincerity in the dictionary. He, he was sincere. Yeah. Well, and Hickey too. When he uh-huh. came out, yeah. oh, he lived in Hinsdale, or then when we lived up there, he pulled me aside, you know, hey, how you doing? Things okay? You know, any new issues were going on with dad? That was probably dad's closest friend at the time. Yeah. Until Hickey died. So he, he had a pretty good sense what was going on. The rest of them, I think, they had some of their own private issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that era, just people didn't, weren't that open, so... You really didn't know. It is interesting when you bring that up and, and Jack's, you know, we're just going to move on, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, we're goslings or whatever. Though, who did actually, who came out of left field a little bit, though I was close to him, but my grandfather. Oh. He started taking me on fishing trips and uh-huh. would, have dinner, would have dinner once a week. I mean, uh-huh. before, he, and maybe it coincided with someone, he was just, getting out of semi-retirement yeah, and have these, you know, great dinners, just he and I yeah. at some stupid diner in Joliet. And as I recall, you could uh, put his picture next to Stoic. That, uh, that was, <laughs> but but he probably as good for him as it was for you. Yeah, no, it, it was because he was, he was actually, he was one of those guys pushed forward, you know, and all that. But I think he had a sense having lost two sons yeah. and as well being gone, you know, that he, he was there. It would have these conversations. I, that's when I played Chicago golf once a week and then we'd go have dinner. dinner yeah. Like, but he was, um, and fact, I didn't. You might that. touch on how he lost his two sons. It was so tragic and so, you know, kind of indicative of the era. Yeah. Two sons. The first one, Ed, who I'm his namesake, went off to war and was at Pearl Harbor and, stationed on the USS Arizona and died on December 7th, 1941, after he graduated from Yale. A couple of years later, after the war, and about two years before Dad and my mom got married, his brother Jim was in a car accident in Chicago. And then two years after that, Dad gets polio. Yeah. Doesn't, three years after that. It was interesting, I was reading this uh, letters from him after he passed away and that dad had passed on to me. And then also his, uh, something he wrote to a priest and he felt tremendous guilt and he was Canadian and he, he grew up in Quebec and there's this famous church up there where they honor the handicap and he'd go up to this church once a year and walk these stairs on his knees. And you, but you probably heard the story. 
but I didn't tell I was at I went to the church a couple of years ago. Oh <laughs> they have so many crutches up there. Oh. People, yeah, it was it was just interesting. But he would never he never talked about that with me. But that's how he, he dealt with it. And you know, I think you know, you bring on my father and, and, and with my mom and, and Jackson also and, and, and with Carol, the the faith that generation had was pretty amazing. I think that's the one thing that stuck with me and made a difference in my life too. Mm-hmm. That if I felt alone, I'd go walk in a church, you know, and yeah. uh, and have that something faith really made a difference. And I think that provided hope mm-hmm. that there's going to be a brighter side to it. Yeah. Uh, hey, it's so, it's so helpful. Just well, as Jack used to say, the third party. You had somebody to lean on. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, all your, well, Jimmy and uh, Sissy and Mary Lee, everybody kind of process your mom's death differently. Maybe talk about that and kind of what you observed and what could be helpful to people about what they did right and something to look out for, that sort of thing. As I said, you know, they all left and they were starting to have families, but I right. became yeah. quite closer. So Sissy and Mary Lee were seven and nine years older than me. There was definitely a difference, but through this, we definitely got a lot closer. And I would say I got extremely close to Merrill Lee, who I really didn't know that much. Mm-hmm. And they would check in on me to see how I was doing. Sissy would fly down when Bill was, you know, if he was doing residency over a weekend and before they had kids, which really made a difference. They clearly cared. And I think it was for them something also, because they were the ones that were really taking care of mom. Yeah. And, and Jimmy did too. He, you know, he didn't leave school for various reasons, but he, when he was home, he was taking great care of her. And I will say this, I always felt guilty that I didn't, I didn't feel I was part of the caretaking group, but they, they ended up taking good care of me. And, uh-huh. and but I would say this, so we still never really talked about it. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah today I'd say, you know, uh, I would say, don't, you know, be quiet, you know, greet together, talk about it. If something's on your mind, uh, just don't internalize it. You know? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I did. And, you know, God knows, you know, that can end up resulting in too much beer on a Friday night at 17 years old, which isn't good. <laughs> yeah. You know, to, you know, maybe an angry outburst or whatever. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So Carol and Jack married just a year and a half after your mom's death that, uh, uh, it's easy to judge, oh, that sounds quick. But at the same time, that it really was a match meant to be. I think that could be interesting for people to hear what your reaction was to that, what your relationship was with like Carol and how that evolved. So it was interesting. After dad died, and probably six months later, he, you know, people try to start setting him up. I'm sure your mom went through that a little bit. And, you know, all of a sudden, yeah. mom's going out, you know, living in relatively small towns. And Mrs. Jones or whatever, you know, and dad would talk about that a little bit. But then he did uh, meet your mom. He met once. We went up to Anzale for dinner. I think they went away over the holidays or something. Yeah. <laughs> Vaguely remember that. Yeah. yeah. He said, I think I've gotten married. And I said, to who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think at the same time, I mean, I think... Carol was very happy. It was it was great for Dad. You know, maybe maybe it was too soon or whatever. Who who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, I'll never forget though. In in yeah, I, I remember being nervous. What to call 
Carol, you know, mom, mom, goose, whatever. Yeah. She, she said, just call me Carol. She was, she was great because she was, she was dealt with two children yep. that had gone through something and probably still going through something, you know, eight years prior. But I mentioned this Kairos, uh, this uh, Julia Catholic, this retreat would go on. So you come back to this room in this chapel and your parents are there and you talk to them and all that. You know, maybe talk amongst the bigger crowd to individual and, and dad was out of town. And th- this is when they were having some of their, their problems. But who was there? Carol. Mm. She's up. And we had a wonderful conversation. I drove her to the airport then. She's going to meet dad somewhere. And it was just, I couldn't, uh, yeah, we, we've had our ups and downs like in any yeah, sure. players or step family situation. But, you know, I don't even call her step family. As you know, after yeah. 40, 40 years. a long time. <laughs> but she was there and um, I'll, ne- I'll never forget it. Mm. And, and I, and for me with my siblings, I had the benefit of living together with you all. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody else did. Jimmy did a little bit, but never really understood the, di- the dynamics of it. And, and I think they were a little envious to an extent, too. You know, they said, yeah. you know, and Carol got through things and God, what, what they created, particularly your mom up in Crystal Lake and the memories all those grandchildren had. Now. Yeah. You know, I think it's a testament to faith and commitment and positive attitude at the end of the day. Yeah, it, it's probably not a linear experience. It, it, it's ups and downs, but it, it it trends upward, I think. So it, absolutely. So what might you say to that kid who just lost their mom in their teenage years? That uh, What comes to mind? What would you sit down and tell them? Try to grieve as best you can with your siblings and your your father. Talk mm-hmm. to your father. Make sure you have a strong relationship with your father. You know, I think at that time, I think moms were somewhat of a dominant in the family and raising the kids. Mm-hmm. Try to understand. I think it's different, more difficult for a father to be a single parent than a mother is. And tell them that there's, going to be, as you just said, ups and downs with a new family or not. Understand that your father is failable, but talk to him. Yep. Talk to him for yourself and talk to him for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, try not to isolate yourself and internalize things. I think it's, yep. I, I, that was a mistake on my part, uh, which can lead to, again, drinking too much when you're 17 or 16 years old on a Friday night, doing something stupid. And make sure you surround yourself with good friends. Yeah, I think, that, that, I think that's where both you and I were lucky. Very fortunate. Yeah, well, it's interesting you say that Rick and Brownie, you know, being so close that they, I I don't think they were ever conscious of it, but, you know, they really played a role there, that it, uh, they fit of that void. Yeah, no, they, uh, they did, they did, and particularly, I mean, it's just a weird time when everybody leaves after that funeral. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. those are a tough couple of days, but, yeah. uh, but and that's why, you know, I have good friends who are conscious. They had great parents and you're in this small town and, you know, their mothers are saying, you know, if they weren't doing it on their own, get over there. I'd invite Eddie over here. You know, uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I think the world's a team player that with all the trouble we have in the world now, even so people do pull together for the right reason. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I was thinking about uh, one thing I, I was thinking about, and this probably could relate to your father, which is with what we're going through in our lock is you're sitting in Montana, I'm sitting in Annapolis, Maryland, and and yeah, you you see some desperation by people, but then I, I, what got me through a lot of this, you know, just thinking, you know, create some angst, but what our dear dad or my mom went through, lying in a hospital bed, and you know, you give it up for that, you know, that's not that they, they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Puts the whole COVID thing in a better perspective, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it really does. It yeah. really does. But, but you know, yeah, to, you, you do have to have a positive attitude and open life. And, you know, I think it's all all those experiences in the first few years to the experience when, you know, well, the last 44 years have made me a better person, a better husband, a better stepfather today, you know, and, and keeping a good attitude and trying to be conscious and aware of, the others and understand your job. And I think that we're more apt to talk about it more than our previous generation, you know? Yeah. Did Carol talk much about, or I mean, yeah, she would talk a fair amount about it. Yeah. And that's a little bit of a woman versus a man in that generation too, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was saying, it's, you know, it's the mother is more the protector, the dirty blanket. Yeah. And and things like, and the father can be, but you see fathers today, though, that I know of a couple and, and have lost their wives and raising the kids. And, you know, they're very sensitive to it. So, Yep. Yep. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good. Well, we'll have to talk about this for <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, before the next 43 years go. <laughs> exactly. Well, hopefully maybe on a chair with the ride next year and uh, playing golf. Yeah, uh, indeed. Indeed. Yeah. That was great. That it, uh, it's, well, it's good you're doing it. I, I think it makes a difference. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It, it impacts some people. So yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Okay, buddy. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.